Good morning, everybody. Music Man Mike here with you at BCB Live on Rockopedia. We are the safest station in the nation. Joining me today, as usual, the producer, Dylan. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well today. How about yourself, Mike? I'm doing good, man. It's a Tuesday morning, and uh, it's better than Monday. Monday was uh, not good. Uh, Mondays are always bad. <laughs> yeah, especially after Halloween. I gotta, I gotta say, I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. It was well, a little bit I, tough rolling into work yesterday, but yeah. yeah. Well, Sunday was Sunday was a uh, extra double duty day for me because we talked about it last week. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Saints fan, but we had a Saints game yesterday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, and then the Cowboys that night while the trick or treaters were coming to my door. So I did watch the Cowboys game, you know, and, and they both won. The Cowboys won. The Saints won. They beat uh, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their home field. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, we are without Gypsy Joe today. Uh, yep. Joe has yep. something going on. He could not join us. But I have a special guest for us today, and I'm very excited about it. I've been talking to this gentleman for a couple weeks now, trying to get him on the show. Uh, he did try to weasel out on me this morning because he said it was a late <laughs> night last night, but I didn't let him weasel out. He's here with us. Zach Bartholomew, how are you, sir? I am well. I'll, I'll try to be coher as coherent as possible. Uh, <laughs> it's great to see you, Mike and, and Dylan. Nice to meet you. I see you rocking a, a cardigan just like myself. So, hey, um, man, it's it's getting to that weather. It's about time. I've been yeah, it's, all year for it. Yeah, exactly. It's a good time of year. It's a good time of year. Yeah, down, so down anyway, here. yeah, great down to see you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. You I, too, I think, buddy. I like good, this, good to see I you. Feel like, I feel like this is my uh, 15 minutes of Andy Warhol. Fame, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm flattered. Thank you. Good to see you. No, you too, man. And, th and that's and that's really what the show's all about. I was telling somebody this morning, I was telling Shelly in the Human Resource Department, I said, you know, I talked to guys on the phone. I say, hey, do you want to come on to the show? I mean, we've known each other since we were 16. You and I have known each other since I was like 25 or 26, you know, all oh, these different yeah. people that I know in my life. And I, I'll spend 30 minutes on the phone talking to them and say, hey, we got to do the show sometime. He goes, yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll do it. I said, well, let me tell you what, what we just did. We did 30 minutes on the phone. That could have been a great show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah, so this is a really cool thing you're doing. Yeah, I, I dig no, it. We like it. And, and in case you don't know, and I've explained this before, and I'll say it again because I want everybody to understand, it's a, it's, this is, a, this is a, a, a part of the BCB Live uh, uh, TV station that we run. So it's basically for the drivers. We have 250 drivers in our fleet. Uh, and we keep them entertained with all kinds of stuff, whether it's news, weather, sports, uh, different things like that. But the Rockopedia came about because, you know, it's just one of those things that I like to talk about. And I got a lot of memories, a lot of connections with people like you. And so why not share that kind of stuff? And they seem to dig it. So it's growing. It's, it's growing. It's a slow process, but it's getting there. Yeah, more power to you. I, I like it. So Zach, so Zach and I met back when he was... Just turned 16, probably 15, basically, 15.9 years old. Yeah, barely got, bear, Paul barely let me in the door, but yeah, that, that was yeah. my first day at the, uh, the well, old Paul, Silver Bullet. Well, Paul wasn't even old enough to be checking IDs, just so you know. No, he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but I was, you know, I wasn't, I didn't drink at that time. I was well behaved, so I just, you know, I think he, he, he chilled out. But anyway, yeah, that, that first gig was with your band, actually, opening up, and I don't know. You went. I was very obviously nervous and just intimidated. Here are these older guys that have been at it. I believed. Oh, I'm going to name check a funny band, which is Tora Tora. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I think you you played with them, right? We opened up um, for Tora Tora at the that was uh, probably at the Coyote 13. Club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I, I was dying to go, but way too young at that point. So anyway, so you know, I I had a, a lot of admiration for for you guys and a lot of the other bands uh, in that scene, you know. Yeah, we definitely had our foot in the door. The band he's talking about is uh, well, Love and Rotation or Sixty Nine Flowers. At the time, it was Sixty Nine Flowers. I don't know how long. I, I, Tora, Tora, the Tora Tora show was Love and Rotation opening up, and then wasn't, yeah. too, wasn't too long after that that we kind of kind of uh, parted ways. I mean, one at a time, we slowly but surely got out of that band. And um, I, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I was replaced by Tony Fortner, so I. I got mm-hmm. the boot, so to speak, but uh, Tony took my place, and uh, then Zach eventually got kicked out or quit. I'm not sure which. Chad eventually got kicked out or quit. Well, I'm not sure which. Mm-hmm. And Mike was the only person in the band. They changed the name to Psycho Love Tribe, and then Mike mm-hmm. a- added all these guys, great musicians, great guys, guys that were in the scene that we knew. I mean, they're all. I mean, we all knew each other, just like you and I knew each other. It didn't matter. I mean, when I met Zach and Chad, they were like 16 years old, and I was like 24, 23. You know, so yeah. it didn't. It didn't matter how old you were. It, just, it mattered that you were into it. You you could show up for practice. You could do the gig. You could you know be semi professional, and you know that that was that was what it was all about. So yeah, by the time that we played with you, it was me and Zach got back together and said, you know what? So so this is a good entryway into the scene at the time. So sure. when Zach when Zach and I lost our jobs for, with Love and Rotation, we got together one one day at my house and we thought we need to put a band together. So if you remember that time period, it was kind of like Dead O's. Dead Orchestra was in their heyday. Yeah, and, yeah. And, a, and Apostasy and, and all those guys, those hard mm. rock, heavy metal, you know, uh, thrash almost stuff was, was out. And, uh, yeah. and, that, and and that's kind of where Psycho Love Tribe was going. They were going that direction. That's why we didn't quite fit in anymore. And uh, Zach and I decided, hey, let's put something together that we like. What do we like? I like, I like Mother Love Bone. I like... Uh, I like Ted Nugent. I like the Rolling Stones. I like, you know, all that stuff, like almost hippie type stuff that, you know, groove rock that nobody was playing. I thought, yeah, let's do that. Let's go. Let's just go turn things upside down. So that's what we did. And then you guys came along and we saw you and I thought, God, these guys are kind of like what we're doing. They're, they're it's very cool rock. You're not, you're not, you know, you don't have a mosh pit going during the show. <laughs> yeah. I don't, excuse me. I don't know exactly where we fit in. Uh, you know, I always felt like those, you the heart, you know the thrash acts or Deto. Those guys probably, I always felt like probably didn't respect us. But and, and we got the, you know, gosh, I think we covered why why we were covering song our covering songs before we were writing songs. We must. I think everybody knows we covered about a gazillion Pearl Jam songs. <laughs> um, so we caught a little bit of flack for that, but that might have been uh, well deserved. <laughs> but was that, um, was that Shaded Groove? Uh, that would be in the, that's when we were playing all covers. I think we might, yeah, that was basically it. I think, okay. uh, by the, by, by the time honey formed, we were okay, really honey. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was just, we were concerned with originals on that band primarily. So, yeah. And Casey Lobot, was Casey Lobot, Casey Lobot was in that band. He was in a uh, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, Ken Privet, uh, okay, okay, my, and Kevin Meese on uh, 
on drums and Chris Sumrall, who was with Casey and Trip and yep. Pig, was yep. was with us for a short time before Kevin joined. And actually, Brad Robinson was with us for a short time on drums uh, before Kevin. I've, I've played, in, so. I've played in several several bands with Brad Robinson before. Yeah, I even jam- Sean got up on Sean, his brother, and yeah. speaking Psycho Love Tribe, got up on stage, and I think we played War Pigs. And I, of course, re- he's a bad, you know, a bad bass player. Oh, you know? he is for sure. Yes. No, so, uh, I was just thrilled, that, and that was like one of those spontaneous kind of magical moments that that you you know carry with you. you know? So Sean, Sean lives in Hawaii now, still plays bass just for fun. Um, And he was in a band that was from here in Dallas. Remember that? Uh, I was a jibe. Jibe. uh, Yep. Yeah. 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 I never saw them, but I remember that. I never saw them. I never saw them either, but they got at least two to three CDs or albums out years ago. And then uh, they reunited recently and did some shows. Of course, Sean wasn't part of it, but I did send him the link on Facebook or somewhere. Just let him know that the guys, these guys are getting back together again. But yeah, Jibe uh, played at Trees and places like that in downtown Dallas. And mm-hmm. Sean, was, Sean was a big part of that. But yeah, you're right. He was an excellent bass player. I mean, he was outstanding as far as bass players in Wichita went at the time. Yeah, he really was. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to think if, you know, those bands I that I were I was a part of in high school if uh, we played anywhere other than the Silver Bullet. Uh, I think, we, well, we played the Aviator. Um, we played with, uh, some people might remember the Millions uh, from Nebraska, but w- that was a big moment. Casey was a fan of them, and uh, oh. we opened with them. Uh, and then I think we did the Showcase in, in Nebraska, in Omaha, which was just kind of silly. <laughs> but the, you know, at that time, like, well, maybe we'll get signed, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was a good experience, but the, yeah, I mean that 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 whole Silver Bullet uh, scene was pretty much what I mean. I think we played like th- uh, one New Year's, we played like three nights in a row. <laughs> People had had enough of us, probably. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so and I, I just checking out your uh, chat with, uh, Mike Lacey actually. And that was bringing back some memories. I didn't really know my, I mean, I was so much younger. That was kind of, especially Mike, you know, you, you didn't mess with Mike. Um, and, um, but he respected me as a guitar player. We just kind of would, you know, acknowledge, you know, nod at each other. And, but, uh, you know, he was, he was concerned with, with other things rather than he was a he was a standalone musician so to speak i mean he was another talented guy oh very very probably one of the best guitar players in in wichita i was i was lucky to to, i was lucky to be with him in a band lucky to write music with him i mean this guy could he could he could put songs together and just make me look like i was sitting still doing nothing when i was supposed to be writing lyrics (laughs) yeah he could come up with ideas. He could, he could he could throw a bridge in there where it's supposed to be a bridge, and the choruses were in the right place. And the guitar solo was perfect. And yeah, he was a uh, and, and still plays. I mean, if you watch the interview, you saw that he still does noodle around a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm I, glad to see that. Yeah, it's unfortunate he'll never get into another band. Probably, I don't see it happening. I wish it would, but I know Mike, and and he's just he's he's just his 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 bar is up here. And if, oh yeah. And, and if you're right here, it ain't gonna work. So it's got to be, you know. That's- yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess my philosophy to get to playing guitar kind of started to to change over the years, especially when I came to college. Uh, 
Yeah, and that happened, I think, generally in this scene, kind of guitar solos fell out of fashion. You, you know, um, that kind of, you know, I want, used to want to be that flashy kind of guitar, lead guitar player and that kind of thing. And and so in Honey, I mean, there are some little noodly, well, just some really simplistic lead parts, but um, I kind of got away. I'm, you know, I still respect that kind of playing and stuff, and I still like to play blues and, and jam, you know, and, and on my own, that isn't, but, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I think just about, uh, how my taste evolved and, and the way that everybody influenced me in certain ways and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that, I think this, that scene in particular, we're talking about influenced me a little bit and I should have been more open-minded to the stuff I was talking about earlier, the dead the apostasy, the, the, what's the band from, uh, El Dorado, the, uh, the brothers. Oh. Oh man, Dean, I'm Dean, now. Dean, Dean Book and his his brother were in a. I know what you're talking about. I'm, hostility, I'm totally... hostility. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's funny when you look back on it now. Now that I'm older and I've talked to these guys, and we're not in competition with each other. We're old guys hanging out and watching Faster Pussycat. Forty years <laughs> old. I ran into Grant a while back, ten years ago. Probably ran into Grant, the drummer for Dead Orchestra. And, mm. and I always told him, I told him the same thing. I said, I wish we would have been a more tighter knit community because we really had something going, but we worked against each other as opposed to together. There's nothing wrong with, with me, you know, the, the, the poser looking guy with the flashy clothes hanging out <laughs> with the guy with the white t-shirt and the black shorts and the combat boots. There's, there's, <laughs> there's not. But at the time I yeah. thought, I thought there was, you know, and, and well, so that was, that was pretty young, you know, um, yeah. But I understand that I, I, I felt that vibe myself, and and but I, I really didn't do a whole lot of. I was so young, you know. I, I'm surprised my parents let me get away with as much as I did. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know by and large, I think Lawrence is is pretty good. And how did you how did you end up then. in La- how did you end up in Lawrence? Oh, college. Yeah, uh, came to uh, came up to go to school at KU. Uh, and nine, graduated in 94, so came in the fall of 94. Um, spent a good deal of time here. Um, went back to Wichita for a few years during a hard time in my life, and then uh, got back up here, and and definitely am enjoying myself. Saw a show last night, so um, that was actually my first indoor show since uh, everybody was locked down and so on. I've, I've attended a few uh, cool patio shows. Um, and everybody's vaxxed and so on, it gets in. So, you know, uh, Lawrence is a good community. Like, there's a really nice sense of community here. I've, um, I've, I've only been there a handful of times, but every time I went, it was, it was pretty cool. And it it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, going somewhere, doing something, hitting the, hitting the uh, sidewalk and trying to maybe get a gig, maybe get, a, maybe get signed, maybe get something. So we would go to Lawrence and pass out flyers and, Drop off VHS tapes, video that had three of our songs, us performing live in concert because we were so cool. So we dropped those yeah. off. It would end up in the promoter's trash can probably, but we made the trip <laughs> up to Lawrence several several times just to do that. And at one place in particular, we've talked about it on the show several times, is the Bottleneck, which is a very cool place. And everybody in the world's played the Bottleneck. That's the last gig I played. Uh, my, I, I, had an, I had a band... In the early aughts, you know, we're talking 2003 and 2004 um, uh, up here. Uh, well, it wasn't my band, but uh, a part of a band. And um, 
we uh, sort of reunited, so to speak, uh, in December of 2019 at the bottleneck, uh, playing with William Elliott Whitmore, who's a pretty recognizable name by now for a lot of people. But uh, we had played with him a lot in the past. And so it was really fun. And we may, uh, Mike, you know, I'll name check him. His name's Sean Bergman. But he's a big He's the, I do some singing. Uh, we both play guitar, but he's kind of the main singer, but he's, he's a part of quite a bit of projects. So it's kind of a, you know, just, you know, just play it by ear kind of thing, but there may be some things in the future. Um, and if I can do another plug, because uh, it kind of relates to what you're saying, we're just a kind of sense of community. Um, plug away, plug away. Uh, well, I, I've been doing the, uh, on Bandcamp, I have a project with a really talented percussionist named Jackson Graham. And he's, we're kind of an odd couple because he's formally trained at KU in music. I can't read music. Uh, right. It's all by ear for me. But he plays vibraphone. And so we've been getting together and just doing these uh, improv, you know, kind of almost, I don't want to say psychedelic, but ambient kind of uh, improv is just totally improvisation, just listening to each other. And I just got a, a Facebook message yesterday from I don't know who, but from the Replay Lounge, which is nice, uh, one of the more popular spots in town to play a gig, you know. And so it's just a, just word word of mouth actually still exists, despite uh, you know how much we use social media now, but. You don't see as many flyers around town, but but I think um, and, and there's a lot of people in town who are, are part of several projects. And so I'm pretty shy uh, about things. Um, so it's it's great to kind of dip my toe back in the water, you know, and it, despite how kind of nerve wracking and be it's just, a you know, the feeling of what it's like to perform. I'm sure it's just a. a you know, it's kind of hard to put into words, but there's a real energy if, if the show is going well, <laughs> you know, and, you, and so. Yeah, it kind of, it, it, if, if things are going right, it just kind of runs itself. It's effortless. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it really is. You don't even think about it before you know it, it's over with. It's like, wow, that was two hours yeah. of my life that I, I kind of remember some of it, but everybody had a good time. Yeah, exactly. What show did you see last night? Oh, uh, it's this band called Crumb. Uh Probably the oldest guy there. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, you know, I have, I'm turned on to new stuff, you know, by hanging out with younger guys. And so, um, some, uh, Dave, thanks. Dave was nice enough to buy me a ticket. And, um, I don't know how I describe him. I would just recommend checking him out. Um, uh, I think, I think Dylan's familiar with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just going to hop on. Yeah, that's cool. They're definitely like indie rock for sure. Um, like a kind of not really psychedelic, but um, yeah, they had a pretty good EP in 2017 that I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, they're pretty good. They, they've definitely gotten a name for themselves in the in the indie community as of late, I would say. So. For sure, for sure. Uh, there are a lot more people there than I expected. I've got that. Um, my brother gave me that first EP on vinyl, so that's nice to have around. Um, but yeah, great, just all of them great musicians. Uh, it, for those people who know uh, the band Stereo Lab from the 90s, uh, well, they may, I say the 90s, but um, 
similar sound. So then just for those who are aware of that band, it's, uh, um, yeah, like I said, uh, I don't know if I said already, that was my, my first indoor show. So, um, since, you know, everything kind of got crazy. Um, I did say that, um, but, um, yeah, um, good time, good time. And back and good to be seeing live music again. So, yeah, we've talked about that on the show quite a bit from the, I mean, we started the show, you know, last year and, uh, saw the pandemic come on. We saw can uh, concerts cancel. I had Rolling Stone tickets that were up in the air for a year and a half, whether you want to refund or, or get the tickets and reschedule, what do you want to do? It took forever. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, the refund process last week. So I got my money back, and the concert is tonight in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl, which is outdoors, and it's supposed to rain tonight. So I don't know if that's a blessing in disguise or not. I could still, you know, I could still hold my own in the rain going to a concert. I've done, Lord knows, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it before. It wouldn't be the end of the world. My my deal was it's on a Tuesday night now instead of a, a instead of a Friday like it was originally scheduled to be on, but. Yeah, well, so missing that tonight, but yeah, we we know what you're talking about on the live music thing, getting back in, getting back in indoors to arenas to whatever. I mean, you know, we've I've seen a couple concerts since they lifted the band and let everybody start going back out and seeing stuff. Uh, and then uh, you were talking about the age age gap, and you were talking about the guys you hang out with and how you kind of get turned on to stuff. Well, that's that's Dylan's perfect influence and why he's here with us today. I mean, old man Joe's not here. <laughs> Just I saw that Joe. Joe's still rocking some hair, though. Joe, Joe's, Joe, you know what? Joe's a hair farmer, so he could do this. <laughs> he could do this today, and in six months he'll look like you. I promise you. <laughs> I, my, mine don't grow anymore. It just don't. It, it ain't worth messing with. It just, I cut it a long time ago. I kind of wish I hadn't, but uh, whatever. It's gone. But yeah, Joe can grow it back just like that. It's unbelievable what he does with his hair. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, yeah. And what to your point, you know different generations getting together and, and talking about their common interests and introducing one another to, to new interests. That's, you know, yeah. that's some of my favorite conversation with people, yeah. you know, and, and Joe, Joe's single, never been married, don't have any kids. And, and he's still out there. He's, he's like you, Zach. He, he knows a lot of guys younger than him. He knows a lot more about music and stuff. Him and Dylan have more in common these days than me and Joe do. Back in the back in the old days, me and Joe knew the same things, the same bands. We knew everything about what each other were thinking, and now he's he's advanced. I'm the married guy with kids and grandkids and all that good stuff. But Joe's still out there in the mix and and listening to new music. He knows you drop a name, and he knows. Oh yeah, I know that band. Oh yeah, I've seen them. Oh yeah, they were here last week, or you know whatever. He he's in on that. So Dylan's the same way. And as a matter of fact, Dylan's the one that brought up the topic the other day of a. Show he saw Sunday night at Trees. Is that right? Uh, it was Sunday night in Deep Ellum, actually. Um, Deep Ellum. But yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty good show. Uh, we went and saw. I say we. Uh, my girlfriend and I went out and saw Kikigaku Mo Moyo, which is in uh, a Japanese psych rock band, and they are based. I mean, out of Japan, and they came all the way over here to humble Dallas, Texas, which was uh, kind of. I'm sure it was jarring, you know, for a band to come all the way out here and just end up in a bar in Dallas and now going to Kansas <laughs> and all that. It's definitely a different kind of culture, um, but it was really good. Uh, they had a big, long, like 10 minute 
jam opening where they just were playing ambient sounds on a sitar and all these little keys and stuff and it, it was really cool um yeah i had a good time it was definitely a little bit later than i wanted to stay out on a sunday night um but especially having to get here at 6 a.m it was a little bit tough but it was a good time yeah uh it was a oh that's a awesome show. that's awesome uh they they played in Lawrence as well, and I uh, that's one of those where I was kicking myself for for missing it. I was planning on going, and I don't know, just spaced it off or something. But uh, pretty popular in Lawrence, uh, and and it's really cool, you know. As you're saying, they're they're here for Japan, and you know, then we've got local bands opening, and just so, and I, we've had Lawrence seems to we've had some other bands. Uh, there's a Gosh, I wish I could remember their name. Uh, they're an all-female uh, band. Um, that was just great. And I'm blanking on their name, but also from Japan. Um, and it's, you know, it's amazing. And Lawrence, I guess maybe because we're a college town, we will attract acts that would rather come here oh, probably yeah. in Kansas City. You know, you'd think a, a lot of bands would go to KC. Um, but, uh, and that's always been the case ever since I... Came up here at 18. When we, when we talked about, last time we talked about Lawrence on the show and we talked about the bottleneck, I was, I, we referred to radio at the time, what was going on at the time. The grunge scene was happening in Seattle, but not everywhere else yet. And mm. Soundgarden had played probably that week that we came down to push our flyers and our promo pack to the guy at the bottleneck. Soundgarden mm. had just played there recently, like with, seriously within the week. And I saw the flyer up on the wall and I'd heard of him. That was about it. And then by the time I got, we got back to Wichita within weeks or months, they ended up on a soundtrack to a movie somewhere. They ended up with uh, the, the, the Loud Love coming out. They ended up with, uh, I mean, it all happened really quick. And next thing you know, that's those guys I saw on the poster at, at the bottleneck. So they were, they were playing those places because nobody else listened to that stuff. Yeah, there's the, the acts that have played the bottleneck. It's just an incredible range and and. Inc- just incredible artists, and I've seen many awesome shows there myself over the years. Um, so that's yeah, I've never. I, I would have loved to have seen Soundgarden. I saw a few of those grunge bands, but um, I've never. And I, I, speaking of radio, I used to be on the college station here while I was in school. Uh, do it, so I've, I've got a little bit of experience with that. Uh, I've got. They have what they call a. Uh, alumni free forum where they let the oldsters come back, you know, while between classes, uh, class sessions or semesters. And, um, that, that everything has changed. And it seems to me to be more complicated than necessary now, but it's been fun to get back in there and, and get on the radio a few times over the last few years. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I, uh, I actually play. also worked, uh, radio station down i was in san marcus and yeah it's a lot of uh it's a lot of tech now it's everything's digital and you just yeah. have to roll with the automation system now and kind it's crazy yeah yeah uh they don't even have a dj there at, at you know at, you know when i started uh, you had to put in the great you know you had to start at three in the morning and now it's just automate you know there's nobody even there uh, so it, it, things have changed and nobody's spinning vinyl. I'm a vinyl dork and that's kind of what I spend too much money on. <laughs> but I get that for my dad. 
And that's where I get, honestly get a lot of um, musical taste from my folks as far as some of the older stuff. And my dad's pretty receptive to new stuff. But, um, but yeah, I grew up just uh, listening to his record collection, you know, and, I, and I've stolen. <laughs> I promise I'll give him back, Dad. Uh, yeah, I have quite a few of his records here at the, ha- at the house. So, um, but, yeah, so... Yeah, I was I was actually going to bring that up. I see a lot of stuff about you and your dad on on Facebook, and I know he was some somewhat of an influence to you. I just wonder what what was he listening to when you were growing up? Oh, they're hippies. I mean, when the disco scene hit, they hated that, so they gravitated kind of towards country at that point. Uh-huh. That he's got a ton of Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, you uh-huh. know, that kind of thing. Uh, but one one of my first memories ever was being a little kid. I'd have been like three or four and he was listening to the end by the door and I was just terrified. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh. You know, cause, um, so, you know, everything from, uh, he's a fan of, you know, Graham Parsons, Demi Lou Harris. Wow. Just a big, a big range. I've seen Emily. I saw Emmy Lou actually a few years ago. That was, that was really great. Um, but uh yeah and mom mom's a big blues fan actually so uh i have a, a love for blues jazz i wish i could play jazz i, I kind of try to um but i keep trying to grow you know um as a as a, as a guitar player but uh and you know i try to write songs too. but uh are you st- are you, should we talk about uh the project we did uh, uh for james or do you want to yeah, yeah, because you brought it up earlier uh, about those guys, uh, I, and I didn't know that those guys were in Honey. I knew Casey was, but I didn't know about the uh, uh, the singer. Oh, Ken. Yeah, yeah Kenny. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I guess I, I know I've heard the Honey CD or, or cassette tape, or whatever it was. I've, I've listened to it. I, I enjoyed it, uh, but I didn't know well, the guys were bad. All I knew was Casey. It was something Casey was up to. I didn't. Yeah, I can't listen to it. I, I mean. It was it was a very good experience, and that's the only time I've been in like a you know quote real studio. But um, it's hard, you know. I was so so young, but um, yeah. So that we yeah. we actually brought up we actually brought up James's story last on, on last week's episode because we were oh, talking about you? COVID and and right. he was one of the first guys to you know uh, before I mean as soon as he passed away is when I got the news that there's something going around called COVID. And the next thing you know, they say, oh, that's what James died of. It's like it all was yeah. starting to come together. That's when I, I mean, I was taking things seriously, but that's when it really hit home yeah. for me, you know, and it's such, it was such a sad loss. But I, I think we, I, I really felt we did a, a great jo- a job, if I may say so, in, in uh, paying tribute to him. Um, I don't know if you want to describe that really quickly. Or uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I, I Casey invited me to be a part of it, and uh, my intention was to be the singer, you know, or to trade back and forth with Kenny as uh, on vocals. But mm-hmm. Kenny's voice was pretty solid, and mine was not so much. I've been out of practice for years, and it's just, it's one of those things you you you, you kind of take it for granted. I'm a singer; I'll always be a singer. Well, not if you don't practice, sir, and not if you <laughs> not if you you know it's a it's a it's a it's a yeah. instrument. You got to keep it in shape. You got to work with Definitely. it. You got to use it every day. And I don't. So once I started laying down the tracks for that song, I listened to it and I was just uh, shaking my head. I just couldn't believe I couldn't pull it off. So 
I was better. No, you're the, in there though. I was you're better at there. the oohs and the, I was better at the oohs and the ahs. You got that, uh, you know, that high, higher point. And I, I think it worked great. And and we changed, uh, we covered nutshell, uh, FYI, uh, for you listeners and viewers, um, by, of course, Allison Chains. And uh, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to put that on the Rockopedia page so we can people know what we're talking about. Yeah, I've got a um, link to that. I can put it out there. But Casey did a good job of kind of organizing things and putting that together. And and I think we, especially for not, for all of us being in different locations and, you know, working in that, yeah. that way, yeah, um, it seemed fairly, fairly organic, you know, considering. That was a so. perfect, perfect example of uh, recording during COVID, of a band, a band performing yeah. during COVID. And it's an example, if I may be a little cheesy, of kind of therapy, you know, or kind of a catharsis. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it's a way to try to deal with grief uh, as far as James passing. And, and then it, there's a camaraderie amongst the rest of us. And uh, it's a really, really beautiful experience. Yeah, he was a, he was just a good guy. His his wife, his widow now, she's a, she's a wonderful lady. I've known Nicole and, and James, uh, I mean, back in the old days. I mean, for years I've, I knew him. And, they grew apart and got back together, got married. We're creating this life together, and and then this happens. It's just a, it's a sad deal, but yeah, um, yeah it was it was it was definitely a pleasure doing that. Uh, just so you know, like when I saw, so Casey kind of gave me an idea. He said, "Hey, when we do the recording, uh, or we do the video, here's what we're gonna do." Kind of gave him some ideas, and then everybody did their own thing a little bit. Well, when I did the actual recording, it was through my phone. I had an app on my phone, so I recorded the vocals through my phone, and then. I was in a closet with coats and jackets and stuff, hey? <laughs> and I recorded in a closet at the house. And then I came here to the studio, and that's where I set up the microphone and put the headphones on and act like I was recording it here. So it looks like I'm really doing the work in the studio. Oh, yeah. I was in a coat closet. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. A little trivia for you. Hey, we got to wrap it up, Zach. I appreciate you joining me, man. And we're going to do this again because we got lots more stuff to talk about, okay? Hey, that would be awesome. And and hopefully I'll have a little more sleep than I've had a, a few moments of, of uh, difficulty articulating myself. But yeah. but the memories are still there. And and I, I'm so flattered that you'd, you'd have me on, Mike. And, and uh, Dylan, it's nice to meet you as well. Um, I'm sure the three of us could talk music all day probably. So, yeah. Um, uh, thanks so much for having me on. All right, Zach. You have a great day out there. Stay warm in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and we'll see you next time, sir. All right. You, you both take care. All Good right, to buddy. see you. Hey, thanks, everybody, Bye. for joining us on Rockopedia. You're uh, listening to us, watching us on BCB Live, the safest station in the nation. See you later.